everyone. I'm very excited about today because I've actually uh, got to know Jane really well over the last few months and I know the impact that she's having on my clients and also on me. A very interesting, brilliant communicator. So we're going to have a great time talking to Jane Piper in a minute about the about focusing in the age of distraction. So here we are. Um, Carol Ann is going to be managing chat. So if you see her looking down a little bit, um, please do chat with us. We always love that and know that you're there. And if you're watching this back, not at one o'clock on a Thursday, then uh, good to hear from you and uh, maybe mark it in your diary for the future. We always have super people here and really good real and raw chat about life. So we've got Kim Adele and Carol Ann and Sam Lindley here, which is very exciting. Our hosts are always here and I've got the great pleasure of hosting today. So before we come to Jane, I um, thought we would go around the room and just think about what's going on this week in our lives and maybe things that uh, sort of the universe is telling us at the moment. So Kim Adele, how's your week going? Yeah, it's been good. And apologies for not making it last week. My little girl went to her first ever induction at big school and it was a real moment to reflect. And, and it, it, she goes again tomorrow. But just about how quickly we grow and develop and learn. And we see it probably more so in our children, don't we? But actually the same is true of us in our business. And this week, I've really been thinking about actually how much I've grown within my business, but so have my clients, and that we don't always take that moment to reflect back and see how far we've come. We're too busy looking at how much further we've got to go. And yet when you do, it can be a real moment of learning, can't it? Oh, I've got to segue into way, the way that I've grown. I've grown about three inches in my girth. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, oh, lovely, me too. Oh, my goodness. It's really upsetting because we've got our first big dinner tonight for um, our Fit 100 clients up in London. And the weekend, I went to thought, oh, I'll try on some of my dresses. Literally, at the zip at the side was about this big a gap. <laughs> they oh, shrunk. They shrunk in the wardrobe. The pandemic oh, did that to them. No, so I joined David Lloyd this week, and I've already done uh, – that's always it today, Thursday. I've already done – three classes, a gym session, swam, and this morning at home I did a, David Lloyd's got this app, and I did a, um, a dance class this morning. So <laughs> but I'm really upset about it. So, so that's how I've grown. So that's a bit of reality about my week. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, have you been growing? <laughs> oh, just unmute, darling. You need to unmute, Caroline. I did. I there you go. Oh, it's gone back again. It's coming back. It won't let me speak. Um, well, no, I'm not growing because we had a fabulous nutritionist on when you weren't here, Penny, and I've lost a lot of weight with her. So she's doing fantastic. Um, she's doing fantastic work with me. But I have grown in my business. In fact, what what things I've noticed this week is um, we are we're getting very near the end of all these restrictions now. We've probably got another month of it. And it seems odd that we're so close now. No mask, you've had to go to your department stores and shops without wearing the mask. But I still think people are cautious. And I'm, next week, I'm hoping to have a first in-person, all meeting up networking event. For 18 months, it's all been online. And I'm just trying to figure out and get a gauge of how many people actually want to do that. And no one's stepping forward one way or another. Because so obviously you can do it on Zoom again, again. And um, I thought, no, it'd be nice to me. If the weather's nice, we'll have a drink outside and make the most of it. 
it's hard to get people to commit. So, you know, um, even if five people show up, I will still hold it outside rock and trying to encourage people because there's something about the in-person connection that we're all missing. And I think once they get back to it, they'll always want to do it and maybe less of Zoom and more meeting up. That's what I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, I agree. I mean, actually planning this event because I planned it for this Thursday because by the 21st of July, we were supposed to be all open. And it, ha it is very, very complicated. And actually, we are making a loss on the event now because, it, you know, it, while we're in this, the social distancing aspect, if you're going, running an event. And then this morning, uh, somebody uh, just had their test thing come through saying that they've been near someone with COVID and they can't come. And so I know it's still uncertain times, isn't it? I think it's clever that you're going to do it outside, though. But I think you're right, Caroline. I, th I got a feeling when you were saying that, that some of it is about just giving people the confidence to start coming out. I've got to do it because um, that's how we do the best business is actually meeting people. And I think that's where you get the community support as well. And we've been we've been great. We've been doing it for 18 months now and, and, and networking online. But it's time to get in front of people now. Yeah, well, good for you. I wish I could leap up there and spend some time with you on, at that event. Um, yeah. Sam, what about yourself? Yeah, I'll, I'm just going to piggyback off what Kim was saying, because you're right, Kim, I've spent the morning actually um, meeting up with my ex-business partner. Um, so Cloud9 has been going for 11 years, and six of those years I spent building it with him. Um, he retired and, and went and lived um, in Portsmouth and having have a lovely time there. Um, but it was amazing to catch up with him this morning and talk about, you know, back on day one and the first six years together. And you're right, Kim, we don't often reflect on where we've come from. And, you know, the business is quite different now. It's quite similar in, in its values and the way that its identity. But the sorts of work that I'm doing now is quite different. Um, it was really interesting, actually, just reflecting on that. So you're absolutely right, Kim. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's great to reflect and review and recognize how far you've come and where you're going so yeah it's been a really great morning it's that positive reflection isn't it that we all need to do rather than look at what's still to be done i love that yeah. i love that and yeah. that must be quite an emotional thing for you sam yeah it's yeah. lovely just it's lovely that you know every time he's back in essex yeah he always calls me we always meet up for a lunch or a breakfast and it, oh. it's lovely just just to oh. catch up yeah great yes. friend so Jane, I'm going to introduce you properly in a minute, but just keep along this theme. How's your week been going? It's been a good week. It's really interesting. So I can relate to this, this, the, all of what you were saying, apart from, sorry, not what you were talking to about dresses not fitting penny, because I, um, over the pandemic, spent far too much time, well, not too much time, but I, I got crazy on exercise. So I've been, yeah. Um, yeah. So probably doing the other thing where I have been working out too much and probably need to relax a bit more. But yeah, definitely this idea of, um, of the anxiety of coming out, I relate to that, Caroline, because I'm seeing it's interesting that um, it's, been nearly a month or so since things have opened up here in Switzerland but it's taking a month or so for people to start inviting other people to coffees and lunches and things like that so it was uh, last week I had my first face-to-face -face coffee with somebody rather than these virtual coffees so it is people do I'm sure have a bit of anxiety about meeting up again and of course it's easy on a one-on-one -on -one, but it's harder on you know when you're thinking the bigger the group. 
and yeah. yeah then I definitely relate also to what Sam and Kim were saying about looking back and looking back um, and seeing how far we've come and um, it is a time of change I mean we it's summer solstice uh, this week and the 30th of June coming up so half a year so it was definitely in my mind uh, tomorrow to do a bit of planning and start thinking of the other half of the year and where we're going forward now no, but also reflecting where the, the the last few months have been. Yeah, and when people say to me things like um, Christmas is closer now than it was, then we've been away from it. And I think, oh no, oh no, I'm not sure that that's a positive thought <laughs> or not. <laughs> that half year mark. So let me introduce you all to Jane Piper, and please look Jane up on LinkedIn, uh, and also. Look up a book on Amazon, Focus in the Age of Distraction. So Jane is an organizational psychologist, and um, this book is actually a best-selling book, and quite rightly so. And it looks at the impact of digital, te digital technology on our well-being and ways of working. And she's really interested in the intersection of humans and technology. So she challenges us to look at the impact that technology is having on our work and our non-work lives. Um, and that obviously means our well-being and our happiness. And I think this is going to be a brilliant conversation with you, Jane, because I think this is a subject that every single one of us must be able to relate to, especially mm. me. I sound like I'm a wreck today, but I've got my, I sound like <laughs> I've got my RSI and my sciatica. So all of this weight gain pain is all sitting at my desk at technology the whole time, which is why I need to get us more balanced. So, Jane, give us a little bit of a, so that everybody, um, so that Caroline and Kim and, uh, Kim and Sam can join in here, a bit of context about why this subject became really important to you. Yes, so... I was, it was like Kim Adele, I had a, a job in corporate for many, many years and I was working away there and um, I found that you got into sort of a, a, a bit where it was hard to change. So I'd done a lot of change management work, which means I'd handled a lot of very stressful redundancies and I got very stressed myself. But every time I thought, oh, okay, it's the company and I need to find another job, I would go and interview with these companies and they would say something to me like, oh, yes, you'll be perfect to manage our next change management. So it seemed very difficult to do something different because you've got sort of narrowly focused into this area that really wasn't a particularly pleasant area, area at the end. So um, I decided that, you know, what I wanted to do was step out and do something differently. And it was, it was this sort of feeling of I was stuck so much in that moment when I was working with the technology working long hours and and being full on and basically living on this high stress lifestyle, flying around, there's some glamorous bits flying around the world, but you know, once you've sort of seen one airport and one airport hotel and one business meeting room and stuff, it really isn't that much fun after all. And I realized that I spent a lot of time blaming the company, but in fact, there were things that I could be doing as well. So there's this connection about how I manage my health and well-being. Um, and how I manage my relationship and basically my boundaries with work. And so it was then that led me to say, okay, some of it that the technology has made it so easy for us to connect in this working world. And we need to learn how to manage that boundary. So, I mean, there's a lot about the technology and social media and things like this, but this is also this boundary that we have between our work and our life that, that the technology now allows us to work 24 seven. Yeah. And what is, um, and I'd love Kim Adele, you've opened up your mic, so I'll just sorry, I didn't notice that, but I just want to ask this what is it about 
What is the trigger for an HR department, for example, to say, actually, I think this is important. We need to have a chat with you, Jane, and bring you in to help. What is that? What is the trigger? What are they noticing? I mean, sadly, often it's they've had one or two cases of burnout and then they think, oh, we have to do something about this um, because, you know, it's then that they start seeing it and seeing the impact that it has on people and most people don't like that feeling, whether they're an HR or they're a line manager, to see that they had somebody who basically now has, um, I mean, there's the business cost let's, of having a person off on long-term illness because burnout now um, has overtaken back injury. It used to be always the one where the people had the longest time off on sick leave. Now, burnout's taken over from that area there. So there's a cost to the business, but also at a very human level, you just don't like that feeling to think, oh, I was their boss and I, was it somehow me that drove them or that to, you know, to tip over the edge here? And, you know, how did I not notice and things? So it's at that point I often find that, sadly, it's the pain <laughs> that causes them to do that. There are, of course, some well-intentioned companies who sort of go, okay, well, we need to do something about well-being in our organisation now. But it, it more often, sadly, is somebody, something happens and, you know, it tips them over yeah. the edge to decide to look at how long people are working and whether they are setting effective boundaries between work and mm. non-work time. So they are. So we love you to think that all companies will be proactive, but mm. Mm. Yeah. I know you have to ask a question. Oh, and sorry, Sam, I'll come to you after here. Um, so, yeah, so all of that resonates and, uh, you know, I feel your pain. I've run a few horrendous redundancy programs myself and they're, they're not nice are they you can do them with kindness but but I think you know often what I see is a lot of leaders that don't understand the impact they're inadvertently having and I know I, certainly I was a I was dreadful at this which was do as I say not do as I do so I would be the one that messaged when I was on holiday that read every email because I wanted to be there mm. and to be supportive but mm. inadvertently what I was doing was making my people think that they needed to do the same because even though I was saying please don't take mm. a break one I wasn't showing that I needed one and that was mm. quite a lesson for me of how I needed to detox myself from mm. that desire mm. do you see that mm. a lot in kind of the people you work with yes yes I think there's there's two things I want to pick up there one is this there's this um, as you say, it comes from a good intention. You want to be supportive. But people who are in senior positions don't see how much impact they have as being the role model in this very tiny community within the workplace. And the fact that, you know, the boss looking good in the boss's eyes. So if you have the I'm always on, they, they, then your team will also, if they're hardworking and want to achieve, will be as well. And so that's hard to break. Um, and we see that with really small things. It was a great study done where basically if a um, manager sends an email on a Sunday evening, um, how many of their direct reports also work on a Sunday evening? And it's a, basically a ripple effect. And so the more emails which are sent on a Sunday, the more time it worked. It was, it was, it was clear. The other one is, and I don't know exactly where you worked, but is this where it becomes a badge of honour to be busy and to be showing you're busy. And in a highly competitive environment, you know, 
people even do things such as schedule their emails, even though they're not sending emails, schedule totally pointless emails to impress their boss that they're working um, late in the evening. And that this highly competitive culture is just crazy. I mean, I guess you've heard of some of those cases where people have um, the Goldman Sachs case, I think is the one where you know, it caused quite a furore about how many hours these young people were working in this hard, um, hard, very competitive environment. Yeah. Sam, Sam, what were you going to say? Some great points that you've made, Jane. I was just going to look at the you know, your book, um, which talks about you know focus of the age of distraction. What is the mm -hmm. biggest sort of source of distraction that you see and witness amongst you know the corporate land now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to say the corporate land versus the you know, I'm too much on my phone looking at uh, Instagram photos and things. You say the corporate world, it's email. It's this instant response to your email and um, not having a space to think. So basically, if you always are constantly answering your email, and if you think about people in business are getting about 100 emails a day, and so if you take that over a normal working day, you're interrupted about every five or six minutes to answer an email. So if you've got a big problem to think your way through, you've got a presentation you're working on and you want to start at slide one and get to slide 30, you've got a detailed spreadsheet you need to do some analysis in, five to six minutes isn't going to crack it. So this distraction to be always on and answering. And some of this comes from um, a good place. We want to be served and this whole thing about you're serving internal customers and you've got an SLA, a service level agreement where you respond to people in this time. It's almost created this fast moving culture where we don't allow our corporate people time to actually have an hour or two away to do the deep work that <clears throat> they need to do, which, you know, I work in the pharma sector finding a cure for cancer is not going to happen in five to six minutes just as a stupid example but you know what i mean <laughs> caroline you i think one thing i want you to do in a minute jane is something you did to me which because i think this could segue into about multitasking is yeah. that amazing thing you did on me about <laughs> i want to do that in a minute but caroline <laughs> what were you going to say yeah um if you look in the Times today and all over the papers, there's an interview with this coach called Glennon Doyle in America. She's good friends of Oprah and Brene Brown and everyone. Changed her life in a very radical way. Christian lady left her husband for another woman, kids, etc. But having just finished her book, there's a word that she mentioned, which is called selah, S-E-L-A-H, and it's from the Hebrew Bible. And it means taking a moment to pause. I'll write it in the chat box. And this is what you were just saying, Jane, we're on, we're rushing ahead. We're not having time to think. That's not the human way of things. And mm -hmm. the, I love this word because it's basically giving yourself a moment of almost holy like reflection when you've just had some bad news, when you just had a big lump of work come in, when you, you have to check in with your body, am I feeling well? It's allow yourself a moment of reflection, consideration and grounding. Um, mm. You know, it, it, we, we don't do it. We just think mm. we have to put pell-mell into the next thing. And I thought that mm. was a, that's a really great takeaway from the book. And it's about personal boundaries as well. We all of us here have our own businesses. We don't have a boss. We are the boss. So, mm. so we, we need to have the best healthy personal and professional boundaries. And yet I can get on my computer at midnight. 
do it for mm. myself. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? It'd be lovely to have a cup of tea, but I get straight on my phone, emails, the times, Twitter, yeah. you know, before yeah, I've even yeah. put my foot on the mat, you know. So it's about giving yeah. yourself that, that breath of, wow, I deserve a bit more than this, you know. So I just wanted to add that the, from the yeah, life I like, that. I like that, a sealer. So like I'm going to put it, I'll put it in the chat box. It's a lovely word and you can look it up. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, so, James. So, Jane, I know a lot of, I mean, the output of the support that you give people is to increase their productivity as well as their well-being. I know that's mm -hmm. a big part of it. And um, what I'm getting a sense of listening to you is, you know, we talk about company culture, but there's obviously this microculture within a team mm. as well, where, you know, company culture could be fantastic, but the microculture is determined by the leader of that small team. Yeah. Um, and you did this exercise with me, which I found, because we all like to think that we can multitask, don't we? Oh, so, it's, oh, especially women. We think that we're better than men at multitasking, don't we? This really got through to me what you did. I, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Sam. So it's oh, about. Yes. <laughs> Can you do it? Can you do it, Jane? With Sam? Yes. So yeah. I, I just pick up my timer, which is not on my phone. So Sam, it's not really that difficult. The first thing you have to do is count out loud from one to ten. And I'm, as you're counting out loud, I'm going to start the timer and see how long it takes you. To, so count as fast as you can from one to ten, and um, I'll start the timer. So starting now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, that took you three seconds. So remember that, Penny, three seconds. Now, you can do that doing from A to J. Um, so we'll repeat that with A to J. So ready, go. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Another three seconds. So now you have to go 1, A, 2, B, 3, C, and so on. And I'm going to gain time how long that takes you. So ready, go. 1, A, 2, B, 3, C, 4, D, 5, E, 6, F, 7, don't know where I'm at. <laughs> That was 11 seconds. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the, the aim of this little experiment is to show that multitasking is harder than you think. So sure. we have the automated patterns where we can do the one, two, three, four, five. You know, they are very automated. And we think that it's easy to you know switch from one to the other but when we actually have to switch very fast between the two of them you're actually using more resources to do that yeah. so the thing being um in the work context you know you think oh it's just a quick email i'll answer that now but you actually have to do that switching and that switching your brain struggles with that so it's very difficult to multitask basically on the same channel, if you know what I mean. The, the counting and the numbers, they, they are something that, you know, takes up that short-term memory and uses the same part of the brain. And basically that's extremely difficult to be able to do those two things at the same time and that's switching. Um, so you're deep in a presentation, um, you're working away and you think, oh, just answer that quick email. You break your flow of where you were. Um, or you start one task and you don't actually get to the finish, it's still hanging there in the back of your mind like, a, like an open tab. And so there are certain things that we can do to multitask. So often people say don't multitask. I mean, it's a bit too general. But there are things, but they need to, to be able to use different parts of your 
your sort of senses. So if you are a good driver and you've driven for many, many years, you can drive and listen to the radio. But you'll also notice that there's no country in the world that says you can drive and text on your phone because texting takes too much of your attention. So you can drive and you can have a conversation, but you'll also notice that if you are driving along the motorway and you're having a conversation with the person next to you in the car, however, if you got into the city and you have to work out where you're going and you're trying to remember where you are, all of a sudden you stop talking to that person. So we have a limited amount of resource. So if you really want to be effective in what you're doing and be productive, then focusing on one task at a time and concentrating on it really actually helps. Is yeah. that is that why when we reverse into a parking space, we turn the radio down? Who it's <laughs> perfect example of why you're doing it. Or, or to hear that beep, 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 crash sound. <laughs> but I think in all seriousness, I think, yeah, you know, that, that little exercise you did was a great example of why I believe that in business we should have a default diary. So we have one hat on at a time because we can't possibly be effective wearing three or four different hats all in one go and just being able to focus on you know whether it's a client relationship a client piece of work a project or sales or marketing you know I always recommend two or three hour chunks so you can Mm. really absorb yourself in that role and then move on to a different chunk rather than trying to do two or three different things all at once exactly that's the, the the advice and 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 helping people find those boundaries and setting those boundaries especially in the corporate world as i say where there is so much pressure to be on and available and responding that you can do that but but entrepreneurs the same thing you know i have to respond to this email quickly for a, a potential client or something like that so giving yourself those chunks of time. And when I wrote the book very much, it was interesting to to go and be coached and be told, basically, if you want to write your book, you know, set aside two hours in your diary so that you can get into writing. And a lot of the people that, you know, you hear about various people who you would, you know, have, have who you hear have achieved great things. And many of them have routines where they have set aside um, yeah, significant brilliant. chunks of time in their day to be able to achieve that or be free from distraction. No, it's fantastic, Jane. Can you believe how fast this time goes? I have a problem with a do it now attitude, which I learned through mm. um, work, you know, Mary Gregory that's written the book Ego. That's actually come from ego, that do it now attitude. And I've really got to sort that out because that must really uh, affect us if we've got that, that sort of like personality issue that I have. Jane, that was amazing. That was so amazing to go through that. Thanks for playing in that as well, Sam. And um, so I've uh, got three minutes left to do a bit of a sort of a goodbye to everyone, which um, includes us just quickly running around the room of some tips to send us off positively into a week ahead. So Kim Adele, have you got anything you'd like to share? Any thoughts? Um, yeah, I think and that probably comes from what we've been talking about today. I think my tip would be to give yourself some space every day to just think um, because we don't allow ourselves that luxury and we're always much more productive when we do. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, so, and Caroline? No, I would say the same and I'll use I'll think of that word CELA, which I put in the chat box. Yeah. But just give yourself a pause. You see something come in might be a bit of bad news it might be a big job it might be someone running up to you and saying mom mom can you give yourself a moment give yourself a moment just to gather before launching in especially if you know it's something portentous allow yourself 
the, the grace of time. So that's what I would say. S similar to Kim's, have time to think. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, well, you're my guru on life balance, actually, Caroline. As well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Sam, what are your thoughts? Everybody off with. Well, I'm going to follow the same theme then. So if we're talking about a default diary, where most people, I believe, go wrong is they fill it up. So they believe that we've got eight, maybe 10 hour working hours in a day. So I'm going to fill all of those up in my default diary. But the trick is to leave a couple of three hour chunks because life gets in the way things come up. And if we don't leave those chunks, we don't have the time to pause, to reflect or to move things around to suit our mindset. So my tip is if you're going to have a default diary, and I recommend everybody does, make sure you've got a couple of chunks, good chunks in there as well throughout your week. Don't fill it up. Yeah, that is a really good point. I'm going to look at my next week diary, actually. And um, <laughs> Jay, what are your thoughts? Uh, I agree totally with what's been said. It's so good to hear the, the setting some time inside to reflect. But I also think the other thing, to just add to that would be treat yourself with some self-compassion. When things don't get done, when you haven't had a good day that you're concentrating, telling yourself off about it won't actually help. So it's just flip the page, start again the next day with the good intention and work on these things. Um, because so often I think I will achieve so much more in a day and a task I think will take two hours actually takes three hours and then I didn't get that task done and da 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 and then there are legitimate um, uh, interruptions you know a client mm. contacts you in an absolute panic fit about something you know you can't just say I'm sorry this is my um, you know two-hour <laughs> break time you know so you know it's it's recognizing that okay the day didn't go as planned but that's fine. Tomorrow is another day. Yeah. And you use that self-compassion word. And I suppose my tip would be the reason that I shared at the beginning that I have put on weight in lockdown is because I didn't apply a lot of that. And um, and now this week I've done loads and I feel so much better <laughs> for it. In our family group that we've got in WhatsApp like with the kids, Ross wrote back and said, oh, God, mum's on a high. And I think they think I've been smoking something, but it's just because I've been exercising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so much happier for it. So everyone, go out, give yourself some time, but also please consider about how to focus in this age of distraction. And thank you so much, Jane. That was a wonderful show with you. Really appreciate it. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you.